Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuchinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work, Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com, or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life, and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Welcome, everybody. This is week 16 of 2023, and Pam is going to let us know all about the week starting with Monday, the 17th of April. And welcome, everyone. This is ActiveSpirituality.life with Pamela Cuchinell, and I am Susie Mazzoli. And I'll be back in about 20 minutes with our meditation. So, Pam, in my part of the world, we're jumping into hot temperatures and spring, maybe a little bit too hot for this time of year. And there's a whole new feeling in the air here in the Northern Hemisphere. So, hopefully, We'll have a good week. What's up? Oh, uh, well, uh, yes, yes. Let's have a good week. Eclipse season begins. And eclipse season, especially when we think about what happens with an eclipse, is that the unexpected happens. Something happens. And how intense or subtle it is in your life has everything to do with your personal horoscope. Now, this particular eclipse season is pretty darn hot, and that's because of the degree in which the eclipse hits and what's happening with that energetic shift. So, Eclipses come in cycles. We have uh, a couple of different kinds of eclipse cycles. And there's one that uh, basically think in terms of this. Every 18 years and change, we're going through an echo of an eclipse. So when an astrologer is talking about an eclipse... One way you can think about it is, huh, what was going on for me about 18 years ago at this point in time? And for some of us, it may be, eh, can't really think of much. For others, it'll be, oh my God. Now, the thing to keep in mind is that this is a it's an echo. It's a repeat of a theme. It, it comes back with a resonance that's working with whatever the theme of the eclipse is. So there's, there's a couple of themes involved. There's first is the theme of the eclipse, and the other is the theme of how that manifests in your personal life. And so for some of us, as I mentioned, it is memorable. 
or there may be a year that's memorable. And for others, it's, we, you know, oh yeah, something was going on in the news that was going on, but it's not as um, this happened to me. And of course that can shift because where the plants are at different points in time basically are bringing that up uh, for some of us in different ways because let's say one year it's on the eclipses hitting your sun sign but you're also having a pluto transit so that would be a very memorable year anyway that's the lead up for eclipses and as we go into this season this particular eclipse season Keep in mind the bigger energies that are happening with Saturn and Pisces, so structures dissolving, especially structures dissolving after our very long Pluto and Capricorn transit, which is still, we're at the end reverberations of, even though Pluto has moved on to Aquarius, it will retrograde back to Pluto and Capricorn, and always with Pluto transits, they take years to process what it was that we were experiencing, learning from, and transforming into. So here we are, and we're a couple of days before the eclipse on the 17th of April. And usually when I talk about new moons, I talk about, okay, we're in dark moon period a couple of days before the new moon. It's a time when if you're somewhere that's really dark, you can look up and the stars are just spread all through the sky because there's no competition with the lunar light. And what happens at this point in time in dark of moon is we have this really deep gestation period, this piece of, okay, something is about to be born and what is it? So anyone who's ever been a new parent knows that before the baby's born, there's a lot of uh, sloughing off that happens. There's a lot of, okay, this isn't appropriate in my life anymore. I've got to move this around. We've got to prepare for the baby coming in. So there's this period of other things going away and new things coming in to prepare so regardless of if you've had a child or want to have a child or not, every time we go through this dark of moon coming into the new moon, there's a sense that something is coming in, something new. So there's a period of, well, what is going to just get in my way so I can't welcome with both arms whatever new comes in? And so that has to be finished up complete or shelved. And what is it that is I'm preparing for or open to? And the real piece about this is that always before a new moon, there's a sense of, oh, okay, I'd like to start this project. I'd like to invite this in. I'd like to make connections with X, Y, and Z. But there's a sense of the unknown because we never really know what we're going to welcome in. There's all that hope and anticipation, but we don't really know. 
until we make that first contact, until we experience that first breath, until we understand the train before us. And so there's this this sense of the unknown coupled with expectation. And this is especially big when we're anticipating an eclipse because eclipse changes things. It it brings in a knowledge we didn't heretofore have. And it may be just a second, like, oh my gosh, what was that? Or it may be a total revelation. So on Monday the 17th, the moon is in the sign of Pisces, and it is a really creative period. And so if you don't know what that thing is or what you'd like to focus on, this is a lovely time to just sort of noodle around possibilities. Just see what drifts in your dreamscape. Uh, If you're in the middle of a project or doing something very stressful, allow in the angelic help that can happen (laughs) if we aren't over planning or over anticipating there's there's a an an ability to call in something that is bigger than anything we could imagine if we allow space for that to happen at 2:57 p.m. eastern time the moon goes void of course and this void of course period is basically lasting through evening it lasts until 909 p.m and the void of course periods are times when uh, it's encouraged not to start something new especially in dark moon but to think of things that what can i finish what can i complete how can i prepare and that's the best way to use this time it's lovely for just drifting and dreaming, for therapeutic work, for finishing up tasks. In Pisces, there especially can be this need to decompress and recharge. And if you're one of those people who can do that, wonderful for you. If you're not, at least give yourself some space any way you can. When the moon enters Aries in the evening, very, very different energy, and it's starting to race us towards that new moon. So you may literally feel as though things are really starting to speed up. The phone is ringing, uh, anticipation increasing. Uh, Don't necessarily fall into that, especially if you're in the Eastern time zone, because this is more a time of kind of waning down so that you can have a good restful sleep, which actually can be very wonderfully dynamic. Dreams, especially pre-eclipse or at the at the eclipse, if you happen to be sleeping during one, (laughs) can be um can bring in like a, a dream that is just so heavy and has so much and not heavy like bummer necessarily depending on other things going on but has so many pieces to interpret 
And even if you don't usually interpret dreams during eclipse season, it's a great time to jot them down, think about them, maybe oh, a wonderful way to work with dream <clears throat> interpretation is through the tarot. I mean, there are so many ways to kind of take apart a dream and understand what your unconscious was trying to work out or explain for you. <clears throat> So overall, Monday is a, a, a good day, especially if you use it in the best way energetically. On Tuesday, there can be a lot of impetus to do, do, do. And it's important to remember it is the dark moon cycle. So all that knocking and banging and demanding maybe, uh, you know, it's just not time yet. Let me finish this up. So the important thing, especially if you have a lot of fire or air in your horoscope or strong Mars placements, strong Pluto placements, is to not give in to that kind of frustration, anger, buildup that may be happening because this is a day when uh, certain people's tempers can be very short, uh, avoid People who are driving too fast or not paying attention to what they're doing, avoid, 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 and certainly do not be one of them. Um, it is a, it, it's just a kind of day. <laughs> and so it's a really good day to make sure you do that exercise that your body is screaming for you to do and be very in your body when you're doing it so you don't hurt yourself because there is that like, pent-up energy about this certain day. It does pass when we get um, through the uh, early evening, but it's still very, very, very hot as we're moving to that eclipse. And the eclipse happens, it's exact on, uh, oh, when is it exact? It's exact at 12.13 a.m. So actually on Tuesday... I mean, I'm sorry, on Thursday, the 20th, that's the Eastern time zone. So if, if you're at another time zone, it will be happening for you on the 19th. For instance, Pacific time zone is 9.13 p.m. on the 19th. So you can see how the volatility of this new moon, especially in a place like the United States, where in some areas of the country it's happening in the evening on Wednesday the 19th, and in others it's in the wee hours of Thursday morning, the 20th. And so it's it's that charged energy. And the reason of its intense volatility is, is it happens at 29 degrees Aries 50 minutes. And so we call that a critical degree because it's just a kiss away from entering into Taurus. And so when the moon is at critical degree, there is so much volatility and vibratory energy about it. And some of us are born with critical degree moons or other planets at critical degree. Uh, classic example is um, someone who says, well, I'm born on the cusp 
of the sun sign, not exactly sure which one. So that's a critical degree birth. You know, you're either, you're either, for instance, sun in Aries at very late degree or moon in Taurus at very early degree. And you need to have your chart done to know which one you actually are because you're one or the other. And, uh, but that volatility is there because very, very quickly in time, the moon is going to shift. Or if you're born cuspily like that, your sun will progress very quickly into the next sign. So it speaks when someone is cuspal of a, uh, a childhood with a lot of um not necessarily unpredictability, but just change. So I'm talking about this new moon, and the new moon comes from a, a very sensual family of eclipses. So it can be sudden passion, uh, lust, procreation. If you're trying to get pregnant, this can be a uh, a very strong time, especially depending on your horoscope. There are times to track fertility in a woman. Uh, it can also be, let's say, you're an artist or trying to come up with a new concept or idea. There, uh, Something can erupt. It, it can also happen where, let's say, you're on a state and true path and you know, you've always been a person who uh, I'm a tech guy. This is what I do. Suddenly you have this incredible need to put your hands in dirt and grow things. Um, it, it's it's that kind of intensity. And so it can it can reveal itself on this particular day or in the dreamscape if you're dreaming. Um, or it can it kind of push through over the next several months, but it is usually on the day of an eclipse, we, we get a strong sense of what this is, especially if it's hitting a point in your horoscope. And if you're someone who an astrologer has been telling you, you're going through these long Pluto transits, um, this 29 degree cardinal moon is going to be like break bringing up again whatever the Pluto story was for you over the past couple of years. So the moon enters Taurus, well, depending on your time zone. But overall, let me just finish about this eclipse. The other reason this can be, I think, such a um, creative, intense day is because the planet Jupiter is in Aries. So there's just so many possibilities of ideas that come, can come through. And I love to think about this in also a very hopeful way because it's Aries and we are in a time where there's so much, uh, there's so much war, there's so much passion, there's so much misdirected energy on uh how to make people do things you want them to do. And I love to think that the eclipse and this Jupiter uh, signature to it can bring in a sense of, well, what about this? 
you know, what can come through that can just be born? That's a new concept on how to create instead of let's destroy in order to create. So the sun enters Taurus on the Eastern time zone. It's 4.14 a.m. on the 20th. And so these, these days, the 19th, the 20th, use them creatively. She drives home. And so the eclipse, what's lovely about it is the day after, once the moon's in Taurus, this is a very rich, positive day, which is lovely after such turmoil. So so Thursday, depending your time zone, into Friday, another lovely creative day. These are days to really put that seed in, whatever that idea is, whatever you want to bring forth. Mercury goes retrograde on the 21st. So it's a thoughtful time. It's a deep time. It's not a time to rush, even though we feel such an impetus and push after that eclipse. Remember, this is eclipse season. So we go from one eclipse into another one, the full moon eclipse that happens in May. So this is a time when what do we bring in? And part of the volatility is we know the concept, what wants to be born, but we don't know how. And so that's what we're learning in this waxing moon cycle. What's there? What's there? What can we bring in? What can we invite? What's new? The moon goes void, of course, 11.41 p.m. on Friday night, and it enters Gemini 6.11 a.m. on Saturday the 22nd, which my calendar tells me is Earth Day. Um, I think this weekend can throw out a lot of ideas and conflicting concepts, but if we keep in mind the overall need of let's bring in the new, Old concepts haven't been working. And so we need useful, new passion. And that can come in us no matter how old we are. But what's really important is to burn through fear. Once you see it, which may come up on this weekend, if fear comes in, Burn through it. Say, okay, I see that fear, but how do I dissolve it? How do I get to the root of what's possible? And now I turn it over to Susie. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a very intense week. <gasps> okay. Bring it on. Bring it on. We are all ready for this. We are all born for this. We've all chosen this as our period of development, as our period of being here and giving. So let's jump into our meditation. So I invite you to just take 10 little minutes, as we do every week, to just be in stillness and just contemplating. And as we always do, contemplating a particular area of the information provided by Pam for our week ahead.
So just take a few deeper breaths, allowing yourself to arrive. And as we do that, transporting ourselves now back, using the information of this eclipse period, going back 18 years ago, And assuming that most of us listening today are older than 18, for most of us it was a time in our lives that we can remember, that we can think about 2005. And just for a moment, if you can, See if you can visualise where you were roughly around that time in your life, what you were doing. What type of work you were doing. What types of relationships were you involved in. your family, your friends, and just get a little glimpse into that time of your life. And as you look back, notice what you feel. Does it immediately make you feel stressed because it was a difficult time in your life? Or do you look back with some nostalgia, thinking, oh, what a wonderful time that was? And maybe it was everything all at once as well, as is true of most of our life. What we can be absolutely sure of is that between that point in time and this point in time, 18 years has happened. We have lived 18 years during that point all the way up to this point. And in that 18 years, we have changed. Whether we don't think we've changed at all, we have. Every one of us is changing every moment in every second. Think of yourself as a snowball. And as you're rolling down the mountain of life, you are gathering more and more snow. You are gathering more and more information. You are gathering more and more experience. We are getting bigger as we get older. We are getting more and more as we get older. And we can really exaggerate that. And as we grow older and older, 
we can take it upon ourselves to really expand so that that moreness really feeds us and also contributes to the world, to the world around us. So in that growing, visualising yourself rolling through life, perhaps you can just visualise yourself rolling along the, the pathway if it's too scary to think of rolling down a mountain. As you're rolling down a pathway and gathering, gathering more and more, just visualise there in that gathering that you are learning that you are constantly learning more about life, about the way of yourself and the way of the universe. So when we look back now to ourself 18 years ago, and we can kind of think of 18 years, that's when when young people are considered an adult, uh, in many countries it's where you're allowed to start to drive or start to consume alcohol. It's considered very much a coming of age, the 18 years. And you can think now of this period that we have now been through, this 18 years that we have come to perhaps the next chapter, the next part of our lives, the next growth period, that we have changed gears, that we have uh, come through our puberty again, come through our childhood again. And think of this 18 years that have passed as a growing of wisdom that as we age, we become wiser. And when we look at our older societies, at our ancestors, especially when we look at Indigenous cultures, the elders in those cultures are the wisdom keepers. The elders are the ones which know the best things to do and how to do them. So in our culture, in our Western culture, it's very important for us to remember this and to embody this, whether you're 34, 84, or anywhere in between, 24 or 102. Allow us to see that as time passes, that we have this opportunity not only to grow, but to become wiser, to become more in tune with ourselves. And as we look back now, again to 18 years ago and what was happening, and as this is echoed now in our lives, remember that we have the opportunity now to address this echo, to address this feeling to embody these experiences now with the wisdom of an elder, with the wisdom of time, of experience, 
And we have had 18 years to grow our compassion, to grow our loving kindness, to grow our patience, our understanding. We have had 18 years to grow into a wonderfully very, very light-filled spiritual being because the more we live, the more we understand and the more we are able to be in this state of unconditional love. And when we see all the suffering around us and when we see all the suffering in our own lives, we understand this, that this is the realm of the world, that everything can happen here and it is completely inside of us and in our wisdom power to accept, to be patient, to be full of love, to be full of wisdom and to understand the energetic underpinning of all existence lies absolutely within ourselves, lies 100% within ourselves and within our ability to be that compassion. Taking a deep breath, gently opening our eyes. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you so much, Pam, for the enlightening information about the eclipse. Love now, everyone, and see you all next week. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinelle of ActiveSpirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and have a great week.